Getting where we want to go in life isn't always easy. If you're the kind of person that has had some real successes, and yet deep down you know you're meant for more, this podcast is for you. My name is Pamela Aubrey, and I'm talking with experts, leaders, and visionaries that have faced their own challenges head-on, broken through personal and professional roadblocks, and found a deeper meaning in their lives along the way. So if you're wondering what more you have to do to make it to the next level, keep listening because I've got the show for you. wondering how we can have better conversations across the races and the sexes. On this episode of the PA System, I'm talking with Sheena Yap-Chan about how we can do that, and in particular, how we can help each other along the way. So thank you so much for being here with me, Sheena. Thanks for having me, Pamela. I'm so excited to be here today just to chat with you. So yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Such a joy to have you. So this is a really important topic, and I feel like you know, it's kind of timely in the sense that, you know, we've just celebrated International Women's Day and there's so many topics that we could touch on. But I want to kind of give you an opportunity to just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and tell us a little bit about you first. So tell us where where did you grow up? For sure. So for those of you who may not know me, my name is Sheena Yapchan. I was born in the Philippines and moved to Toronto, Canada when I was seven. And growing up as an Asian kid in Canada, all you ever, all I ever saw was white people on TV, on billboards and magazines. And because of that, I was really ashamed of being Asian. I didn't think I was beautiful because I didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. And I didn't have, I didn't look white. <laughs> and so I always wanted to change my name to Heather to sound more Caucasian. And it wasn't until in my adulthood where I really embraced being Asian. And that's when mm-hmm. I decided to dye my hair back from blonde to my original hair color. And so I'm always trying to find different ways to elevate our the voices of Asian women have more representation because we're still so underrepresented. And so mm-hmm. in 2015, I decided to create this podcast called The Tao Self-Confidence where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. And that is really huge because back then when I had my own confidence issues, I never could find any support system that was catered for Asian women. And so I always mm. felt like I was the only one going through what I was going through. But as I was interviewing all these amazing women, they were they were going through similar things. And it made me realize I wasn't crazy. I wasn't the mm. only one who was thinking like this, right? right. And so... That, that was the one reason why I started my podcast. The next one was because representation and having a stronger representation of Asian women. Mm-hmm. Society still sees us as quiet and submissive and obedient, or they treat us as sex, as sex objects. And because of that, we don't end up in leadership roles. We're not being taken seriously. We don't get equal pay. We don't get to be promoted in high position roles in companies or not even be CEOs because of this model minority myth. 
Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to create, you know, multifaceted Asian women, so women who have different careers, who have been able to, you know, be at their lowest of their low and still can overcome it. And this is huge because we get empowered through stories. And when you can see someone who's kind of like you, who kind of looks like you, who's been through similar situations and has been able to overcome it, then you, c- you start to realize what's possible for yourself and you're going to sure. start looking for ways to take action in your own destiny. And so I'm always trying to find different ways to elevate Asian women's voices, not just through podcasting, but different platforms. And mm-hmm. one of the things we did do is this book called Asian Women Who Boss Up. And it's this, this book I really love is because you don't really see a lot of books that highlight 16 Asian women on the cover of a book, right? Like just seeing <laughs> that. It's like when I watched Crazy Rich Asians for the first time, I just felt so proud that I finally have a platform or something to mm-hmm. be proud of, something that I could showcase to other Asian women, right? And even the the feedback that I've gotten has been amazing. You know, I've had moms who tell me that this is a kind of mentality they want to instill in their daughters. This, these mm-hmm. are the books that they want to read with their daughters. Even I got husbands telling right? me that, you know, they want to thank me on behalf of their wife, their sister, their daughters, because that's it's definitely that's that's definitely needed and it's not around like you don't really see these in bookstores on or on amazon well now you see it on amazon because it's out yeah thank you and, yeah. and even if you do see it nobody talks about it right because mm. of how we're brought up right we're, i think that's old. such a great point and i want to come yeah. back to that but i want to back up just a little bit before you go too much further because i am guessing there's some things that happened to you as you were growing up in your childhood and young adulthood that shaped you to go on to do the things you've done. So tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Yeah, back then, you know, I used to think I was always a failure and Mm. I didn't know why. And I I realized a couple years back or about five years back, it was because in the Philippines, actually the teacher failed me from kindergarten for coloring outside the lines of a photo. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. This is true. (laughs) Like I was just stuck on this one photo trying to color it. Yeah. And the teacher would give me another new photo, like another new paper of the same photo, trying to color it. And I always just colored it outside the lines. And because of that, I failed kindergarten. I had to redo, I had to move to another school and redo kindergarten all over. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine like the that was going to change your life. If yeah. You the trauma you face as a five-year-old that you, no, I no mean, five-year-olds don't really go wow. through. And I think as women, we tend to forget all the traumas that we go through mm-hmm. and that's what's like hurts us too. And that's why we sometimes feel the way we feel because of the traumas that we've go- gone through that we don't, we aren't even aware about, but when we can discover them, it really does have that aha moment. Right. And so growing up as well, like not having enough representation, even moving to Canada to take ESL classes. Cause I couldn't put two sentences together. Right. I would say something, but wow. people always tell me like, your whatever you're saying doesn't make sense and so i had to take english classes so you just picked up on your own i moved um, to canada when when i moved to canada i like i could speak a little bit of english but it wasn't enough to like make a, a sentence that would make sense for other people sure and so when i started school in canada i had to take okay. english as a second language like classes so that i could speak better and so um, even in my teenagers, like I just had a lot of insecurities. I always mm-hmm. felt I was never good enough. I wasn't beautiful enough. I always compared myself to others. I could never make a decision for myself or even follow my intuition. Mm-hmm. And like fear would always like stop me from taking action. Like I would resist a lot because sure. I was always scared of what would happen, right? Or if right. it would fail. Fear and, failure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even rejection, like taking rejection was not like my thing. Like I would hate it. Like I would cry sure. or probably be desperate, uh, d- depressed over like someone saying no to something. So I went through a lot of stuff before even like 
creating this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. um, just all these things. And like, I just held it in because we were never told to like share our feelings or share what we feel, right? I was gonna say, and was this kind of the culture of your family as well? Yeah, like just our upbringing. We don't really talk about our feelings. Like, I don't, we, we don't even say I love you to each other. So like when wow. I used to see that on TV, I was like, you know, we don't do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's <a> Chinese thing. <laughs> You're like, that only happens on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, so then once you kind of made that, that progress and you were able to kind of start moving into your own a little bit and, and owning a little bit more of your power, how did that feel for you? I mean, what was that experience like? It felt kind of weird. And like at times I still kind of doubted myself because mm -hmm. I didn't know if this was where I was supposed to go. I know sometimes when we have something planned out, it doesn't always look like how we picture it in our head. Yes. But then when you look back, right? When you look back, you're like, everything makes sense. Like I, I you're like, okay. I finally get why all that happened, right? And yes. so that's how I felt. Like, I just felt at first, like, this is not, this is weird. Like, this isn't really me. This, like, something's not mm -hmm. right. But at the same time, you're like, you're just going to go for it because you don't know what's what's on the other side, right? Learning right. to just embrace the unknown. You know, society makes us scared of the unknown. And that's why sometimes we're all stuck at jobs or we're stuck at the, like, the position that we're in because we're so afraid to just embark on the unknown. Sure. Yeah. Well, I want to pause just for a moment because there's a question that I want to be able to share with the audience. And I'd like for us to talk a little bit about this as well, as well. But it's just what do you think would help shift the conversation to improve relationships across races and sexes? So going back to where we were just a little bit ago before I kind of made you back up, um, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of talk about, you know, this book and what has come from that. You know, what kind of conversations are starting to take place and, and how are you seeing things shift because of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, you know, bringing this book up, talking to people about it and being able to just learn to be vulnerable and be more honest about mm -hmm. everything. It's really helped women learn to be okay with where they're at, especially when it comes to mental health, because mental health is still such a taboo in Asian culture that it's not talked about, right? Sometimes they think it's not real or they avoid it or they don't bring it up or they do like the total opposite and like put you in a mental institution because they just wow. don't want to deal with it, right? And wow. so just having books like this, being able to share stories of like, you know, being able to overcome obstacles to forge our own path, because it's not easy, right? Like it's not be easy being an entrepreneur. It, it's, right. it's, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes right. it's a lot, right? But, <laughs> That's so true. Uh, very, very difficult, very challenging. To embrace that suck, right? And so yeah. part of bossing up starts with us. And then as you start building your confidence and realize your own potential and your capabilities, then we start bossing up in other ways, like for me, bossing up for our Asian community, especially with what's been going on in America and Canada and Europe, and I think even Australia with the recent increase of Asian hate crimes, right? Every single day, all I see is either an elderly getting beaten up or a woman being assaulted. And this breaks my heart, especially when it comes to elderly, because I still have two grandmas who live in the Philippines, and that could be mm. someone's grandmother or grandfather being right. targeted. And not all of them are being reported to the police because of how we're brought up. We're always told never to make any noise, never talk about yeah. anything, just be silent, just let it go. Or there, there's also a language barrier, right? They can't, mm -hmm. how are they going to tell the police what's happened to them when they can't speak in English? Sure. And even yesterday, I was reading how a woman got spat on, her and her baby got spat on three times and got called the Chinese virus, 
right? Wow. And she actually wasn't going to report it because she was just going to let it go like we most we usually do. But, you know, if it wasn't for her husband, she nothing not we wouldn't be hearing about this, but her husband was adamant on telling the police that this is an, a hate crime. She's right. being spat on and being called the Chinese virus, right? And so it's really important to bring these topics up so that people are aware. And this type of racism has been going on, you know, since history. It's just nobody talks right. about yes. it. There, yeah, there was this. This was never in the history books. Nobody this talks. Is nothing about, new. Yeah, like nobody talks about the Chinese Exclusion Act that happened, like in in the beginning of time, or like when Chinese people started coming to Canada and in in America. Nobody talks about this in school, so people don't think we go through racism, but we do, right? Especially in Canada, we go through so much polite racism. <laughs> I know Canadians are, yeah, Canadians are considered polite, and so like even like polite racism is still inappropriate, right? But people don't yes. understand that, right? Like, right. you know, I read articles where a woman will just go up to two random Chinese guys and just politely ask, are you the ones who have the virus? Like that's still wow. inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's just mind boggling to me. But you know, I think about even back in the forties when the Japanese were really being, you know, assaulted, I mean, uh, regularly or, or put in camps or, you know, having their, their homes taken away from them or, you know, all of this kind of extreme racism. And to me, it's like, okay, have we, have we not yet progressed, you know, in the last 70 years far enough for us to understand that there's so many ways that we could go about making the conversation one that engages everyone and allows us to evolve as a species. I mean, it, it's hard for me to comprehend, you know, why it's taking us this long, to be honest, but I think what you're doing is so important because I really do believe that once we start to have conversations, then we can understand, you know what, this person is no different than me. You know, they have the same sorts of feelings and experiences that I do as a human being. And so therefore I should treat them the way I would want to be treated. I mean, it's not complicated, right? And so I, I love though that you're bringing attention to this because, you know, I think obviously we can easily understand that women, uh, you know, throughout history have also been oppressed, right? I mean, that's common knowledge, no big mystery there. But I don't think that there's been a lot of attention given to this topic in in our culture, certainly, um, for Asians. And I, I think, you know, for a lot of us who are kind of coming to the realization of how prevalent some of this still is, I mean, before we even came on the air, you know, you were telling me some of these things that have been happening. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, how is this stuff still going on all the time? And we don't even really know about it most of the time. And so I, I just, I appreciate the fact that you're bringing this forward. And also because, you know, mental health, like you said, is such a big issue right now anyway. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to realize, you know what, regardless of what the circumstances are and, and why something is happening, it's important to know that there's resources, that there's help, and that you have to speak up, that it's, it's paramount. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it has to start with us, right? Like, yes, I know not everybody is ready to speak up because maybe they're not ready for that responsibility or burden or it could be dangerous for them. Right. And it took me a while to realize that because, you know, sometimes you get frustrated. It's like, why aren't we speaking up? This is our own people. Like they're getting hurt every single day. And I realized like not everyone's ready. And even for some Asian people who grew up all their lives in, Can in America and Canada, they don't 
they, they can't connect themselves mm -hmm. to Asian culture because that's not how they were brought up. And so this is why it's so important to create books like Asian Women Who Boss Up, who can share stories and realize like they're not that different than they realize. Yeah, you may have been brought up in America, but you still we still have very like strong cultures that are strong traditions that we, we celebrate in our own culture, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's really important to, for them to have these resources so when they are ready to find out more about it or even go looking for it, it's it's there for them, right? No, that's great. And so to that point then for people who, you know, may not feel like they can speak up yet, but they need to be able to get into a safe space or tell someone, you know, so they can get out of a bad situation. How do they go about doing that? And, and what does that conversation look like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are nonprofit organizations out there that are, you know, fighting this anti-Asian racism. So like part of the proceeds for anyone who pre-orders the book, I'm going to donate it to those nonprofit organizations because they are working hard to, you know, trace crimes, help people out, give them resources, and also just being able to have a safe space where people can talk. Right? If if Absolutely. I didn't like create safe spaces and like clubhouse, I wouldn't know half the things that's going on. Mm. And so being able to just give them that safe space makes a huge difference, right? Because a mm. lot of people are still really scared to talk, right, or just sure. say anything because it's not typical it's not normal mm -hmm. for them to be like i can actually speak my voice and no one will judge me sure. so, right yeah so in order to start we have to create that safe space that it's okay yeah. to talk about these things and i think just learning to lead by example and just consistently showing up people will start to see what you're doing and they want to be a part of it and so i think that's how you can inspire people just mm -hmm. especially as a leader right being a leader is just leading by example just showing up just being there taking action because right. i always believe actions speak louder than words and the more you talk okay. about it, the more you bring it up the more you you know you're just in their face sometimes right. like they'll get it so yeah. And, and I know as women, it's really hard for us to go out there and put ourselves out there, especially when it comes to self-promotion. I talk to so yeah. many women who have this uncomfortable feeling of promoting themselves out to the world. And I always tell them, like, if you have a product or service that's going to help someone, you're actually doing a disservice by not mm -hmm. promoting yourself. So yeah, love that. I think that's such a great point because I do think that shame and fear is something that comes up for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons and that's really what we're talking about and in this case is you know you don't want to go out there and just air your dirty laundry per se because you still have a sense of shame around it even if you shouldn't you know even if it's unjustified and so i think to that point it's really important for people to understand you know it's perfectly normal to feel that way to have those feelings but you don't have to stay in that space you know Find someone you trust that you can share something with. If it's a friend, if it's someone in your family, you know, if you're, I mean, you don't have to go in a clubhouse, you know, you don't have to go on Facebook, but find someone who you can talk to and find ways to start moving out of whatever situation it is that you're in that maybe either one, just unhealthy or two, possibly even dangerous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you could, you, there's so many resources out now, especially with the pandemic, right? Everyone knows that all our mental health issues have heightened. And I know there's still like the stigma of like asking for professional help or seeking professional help because they think right. if they do that, like something's wrong with them. But mm -hmm. the more we can say, you know, it's just part of taking care of our mental well-being and everyone is different. Some people may need to seek professional help. Some don't. Some may just need to talk to a friend or have someone they can lean on or hire a coach or do a clubhouse or listen to a podcast. Everyone is totally different and you have to do what works for you.
right? Because we're all yeah, different. Absolutely. What may work for me may not work for you and vice versa. So right. it's really important to create that path for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really great point too, because sometimes we feel like, okay, well, so-and-so did this, so that's what I'm supposed to do, or so-and-so did that, you know? And even just allowing ourselves that space to sit with ourselves. I mean, that's something that I know for me has been pivotal in my life, is allowing myself to have that own my own conversation around, okay, what do I want to do in this situation? Do I want to bring somebody in? You know, is this something that maybe I just need to deal with internally and I can bring myself out of this situation or do I need help? And to, you know, like you were saying earlier, kind of face something head on, because I think you're absolutely right. A lot of times with our trauma, we don't do that yeah. and we dismiss it. Yeah, for sure. And we think that, that it doesn't affect us, but it really does. And it's because it's been hidden in so many layers that we forget about it. And it's still like clinging on to us. But the moment we can, you know, make aware of it and start trying to find ways to overcome it, then we can start getting better and be the person that we're meant to be. And so I know as women, it's a lot harder for us, right? Because, you know, we're women, we're more, more we're more emotional, we're more right. over analytical, we still like over prepare and still kind of hold back a bit because yeah. of how we see ourselves. And it starts as young as like five, six years old, like there's reports saying like when kids seven out of 10 girls are already feel like they're not beautiful or they're mm. they're less smarter than boys so we really have to learn to start young show them like you know give them a compliment and let me like teach them to learn how to accept a compliment right because most sure. of the time when someone gives you a compliment you're like you dismiss it right you're like mm -hmm. no i don't think you're talking about me are you sure right. her? and so yeah it's kind of like oh, what you know this whole thing this dress yeah. you know yeah mentality yeah. And so we just have to learn to do those little things like accepting a compliment, just saying thank you, right? So we sure. can show like our future generation, it's okay when someone calls you pretty. It's okay mm -hmm. if someone says you have a nice dress. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think, you know, for, for girls who are, you know, obviously not watching this show, but <laughs> who are younger, who are in middle school and high school, it, it's such a difficult time anyway, oh, yeah. right? I mean, you're so self-conscious painfully right yeah. and then you throw these other elements on top and it's like how do you ever find your way through that maze you know yeah and just i think as as parents and um certainly as moms to encourage our girls to be more vocal to be you know more forthcoming with what's going on in their lives having those conversations around you know what happens at school or or you know, what kind of interactions they're having, I think is so important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, creating that safe space is really important, especially like, you know, when I was a teenager, we never really had social media, right? So we didn't mm. really have to deal with that. Yeah. And like social media can also be detrimental to your mental health, right? Especially Absolutely. when you go on Instagram and you see that perfect curated photo that's been like yes. offered to a team. Exactly. What he looks like, but really they didn't see what <laughs> the raw picture looked like. And right. so, you know, it's really important to show people that what you see on social media isn't always real. And because of that, people have like body dysmorphia. And I think there was even like social media dysmorphia. Or there was some term that something to do with social media as well, because social media has been really like affecting people's mental health mm. because of what they see. Yeah, well, and along those lines, I think that's, you know, it's also contributing to eating disorders and we're yeah. seeing that in girls younger and younger as well. So I think that's, you know, really important as well. 
Well, so tell me a little bit about this um, this book and, and kind of some of the stories. I mean, tell me a little bit about what's coming out of this movement and what you're seeing happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just really want to find a platform where women, especially Asian women, can be celebrated, right? Mm. I get a lot of, you know, feedback. And some of them are like, finally, you know, we've been bossing up for so many years and nobody talks about us. And, like, and I always say, if you want representation, it really has to start with yourself. You know, I started mm -hmm. with not knowing what to do. I didn't even know what a podcast was when I started my podcast. This title was not supposed to be the towel. The okay? <laughs> I'll share this story because I think it's really important to show that I make mistakes Please. all the time, but we can always correct it. So when I first started this podcast, I really wanted to name it the stripper and have the tagline to strip your limiting beliefs away. Mm -hmm. And so I hired someone to do the graphic. It was literally a stripper, a silhouette of a stripper with a, with a, with a whip. And <laughs> thank God I was in this like, podcasting mastermind so that I know if I was doing something wrong or right. And I right. shared that graphic with everyone. And of course the feedback was not what I expected because I thought, here I am, I'm such a genius. And <laughs> they're like, you're gonna draw the wrong crowd. This isn't the type of message you really wanna relay on your podcast. Like, are you sure about this? And I was like, if I can't get this name right, how am I gonna get the show right? So <laughs> I had to like step back and get clear. And that's when mm. you know, this name came out, the town self-confidence. And once I sent this, 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 um, this, this graphic, everyone loved it. So I was like, yeah. okay. Um, but it's just an, a, a, a huge lesson. Like when you're doing something, it's better to be clear than clever. And it makes mm -hmm. a huge difference when, when you're clear about what you want to do and the type of things you want to do. Love that. Love that. And so how many women are represented in this book? There's 18 in total, but there's 16 on the cover. And so, you know, there's women from U.S., Canada, also in Europe. And some of them have been through like some of the craziest things in their life has been able mm -hmm. to overcome it. You know, some have gone through cancer, bankruptcy uh -huh. by the FTC and like that stuff yeah. that can really bring you down and never bring get like give you the will to get back up again. Right. Even sure. addiction, like drug addiction, right. Or alcoholism, yeah. things like that. Like these are things that most people deal with and have no clue how to pick themselves back up. And that's why it's so sure. important to share stories like this so they can real realize like, she went through what I went through and if she right. can do it, so can I. And yeah. it's really important to share our stories, right? A lot of us feel like, well, my story isn't that great. Well, so according to who, right? right. What if your story can change one person's life? And yes. what, what if that one person, it could be like the next Oprah or the next Tony right. Robbins. Like that's still you like, never know. you're making a huge impact. You just don't know it. So it's really important yes. to share our stories. Mm, I love that. Well, and I just, you know, in talking about this, it reminds me that, the more of us that do this, you know, the more of us that write these books that step into our courage, that step into our calling or purpose, whatever you want to label it, and have our voices heard, then the more we get to have these conversations and the more we get to change as a collective, the more we get to evolve and become something better. And I think that that really, to me, is something magical. You know, like we all have this power to put our little piece of contribution in there and make that happen. And so I just appreciate you for being here and for doing your part, for stepping into your courage and and leading the way on this. Uh, Chloe has a comment. She says, great conversation, ladies. Thanks so much for sharing your message. Sheena Yapchan. 
And sharing of stories and overcoming those odds can shift many perspectives. Yes. Oh, thank you, Chloe. Absolutely. Appreciate it. <laughs> yes. And thank you for being on with us, Chloe. We appreciate you. And Scott Rickards just said hi. Hi. So thank you, Scott, for being on as well. And while um, we've had an amazing conversation and I would love to keep chatting with you, I know we're getting a little close on our time. So I wanna give people a chance to just find out how to get in touch with you and the best way to find your book and all of that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So you can check out my website, shinayapchan.com. You can pre-order a copy of the book. And as I mentioned, part of the proceeds will go to organizations that are fighting anti-Asian racism. And also you can, um, I also have a free gift where it, uh, you, you could get a free report that's called Eight Ways to Boss Up Your Confidence. Uh, you can also check my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on my website as well, thetelfselfconfidence.com. And honestly, the easiest way to find me is to Google my name, Sheena Yapchan, because I'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the internet. So it makes things a lot okay. easier. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. And your handles on Instagram or Clubhouse? Uh, so on 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 Clubhouse, it's just at Sheena Yap Chan. Um, on Instagram, it's at Sheena.Yap.Chan. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I know, you know, people use different platforms. I tend to be on Facebook more than anything else, although Clubhouse has given it a run for its money yeah. lately. I know, <laughs> but same I'm here. People. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity to go different places. And your your book is on Amazon, correct? Yeah, so the ebook, the e the ebook is on Amazon, but the pre if you want a signed copy, you would have to order it directly from my website. We also have a virtual summit featuring all the authors on the book that's happening at the end of the month. That's free to register. And you can also check that out on my website. You can get to reserve your free spot. Perfect. Okay. Well, so any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up tonight? Yeah, for sure. So one thing I always tell women is that, you know, you are so capable, like you're more capable than you realize. It's because of how we perceive ourselves that stops us from even taking that first step to our greatness. And so it's really important to work on your mindset and work on, you know, being able to be that powerhouse that you're meant to be. Because once we can help change our mindset to see our true worth, we become unstoppable and we become mm -hmm. invincible. Because I, like, I believe it might ruffle some feathers. Women can change the world, like literally. Like Absolutely agree. The countries as, that has handled the pandemic, like they've handled it so well. And so there's even an article how they're saying to have a, a great post COVID world is to have more women leaders. And mm -hmm. in order for us to have more women leaders is to help women rise up, help them see their potential, believe in themselves and help them, you know, give that little push to their greatness. So oh, love that, love that. Yeah, I hope this helps all the women out there listening today. Uh, well, thank you so much. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, so many more women's voices need to be heard and this is the time right i mean it's it's now that we can really start having these conversations and and coming together and i think that a lot of women really want to see that happen we really want to see shift and change in the world so thank you so much for being here i really appreciate you and i'm excited to see how things move forward for you and really for this movement because i really believe that that's what it is and that's what it's going to evolve into and beyond really as time goes on so Aww, thank, thank you again thanks for having me i really had a great time chatting today yeah, so it was wonderful. And thank you all out there uh, in the audience for being here as well. Appreciate you and thank you for sharing out and just for being here and sharing your time with us. So we will see you again next week. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.
Hello, Brilliant Soul. My name is Pamela Aubrey, and I am so excited to invite you to the Leading from a Place of Power Summit. Are you someone who has had a lot of successes, but haven't yet reached the goals that are most important to you? Do you feel like you're falling short of your potential and sort of spinning your wheels stuck in striving mode? Do you feel like you've got little time to invest in others and things that you really want to do? And maybe most importantly, to fulfill your God-given purpose. And you're just ready to get there, but you're not sure how. Well, let me tell you, as a single mom for many years, I can relate. I know at times I felt I was failing to accomplish a lot of what I wanted to. It was almost as if life was passing me by and I was missing it. I wasn't really able to invest myself in things I felt were really important, but I found it. I found a way toward having the life that I deserve. And if I did it, you can too because you're here and this is the right place and time. So drop your name and email in the box next to this video. I've brought together experts from a variety of industries that have arisen to the top to share how they cultivated the leadership skills necessary to accomplish their biggest goals. So again, just drop your name and email in the box, hit that button, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for listening today. I know you have many choices for content and I'm grateful you chose mine. You can always find more of my episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to my channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch them when I go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others you wish to encourage and uplift.